What is up, everyone? Actually, no, I did that wrong. Mm -hmm. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Lunch Plus broadcast. <laughs> I, I had to do that the right way. Because there's only one right way to do it, and it's the way that Barrett does it. Sure enough. Because she, she, she's been opening it up every single time. Barrett, is this the first time you haven't opened the broadcast? Wow. Wow. What an honor it is to open the broadcast today and to be here with you guys. And we have Kevin here, too. Good morning, guys. I don't know why I just hit you. We have Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's here today. Guys, we have an awesome broadcast for you today. Let's show you guys what we have in store for today. Today, first up, we have the Accent Challenge. I, I, I'm calling it like the impersonation. You never really know what's going to happen. But we're going to have to do our best to, to do something, to come up with some <laughs> random accent. This is going to be interesting. After the Accent Challenge, we have a time of confession, followed by a time of Q&A, followed by what's the word? It's good to see you guys. This is going to be a great broadcast today. It's good to see everyone jumping on. It's good to see you, Priscilla, Pastor Nicole, Kev, Kev, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, Here it's I good am. to see you. It's good to see you. Holly Shaver, Ridge, it's good to see you all today. We have an awesome broadcast for you. But right now, it is family time. Uh, that's what Barrett calls it. it it's is. family time. Yes. Family time. And before we start family time, be sure to share this with all oh, your yes. friends on Facebook and, well, I guess you can't really share it on YouTube, can you? Oh, you but can, share you it with everybody. Share it you anywhere can. from YouTube, I guess. Share it. <laughs> <laughs> share it with everybody so that they get to, uh, to have the same fun that you're having. That's true. All right. Well, I think we have some questions that we're going to go through today. Absolutely. Um, our, during our family chat time. We want you guys to participate. Hop on in the comments and give us your answers to these questions or whatever the heck they are. All right, let's start with the first one. <laughs> have you ever gotten a speeding ticket? Put it in the comments. Have you ever gotten a speeding ticket, Kevin? Have you ever gotten a speeding ticket? Um, yeah. Is mom watching yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've, yeah, huh? Yes, I have had a speeding ticket. A? I've had <laughs> speeding tickets. Yes. There was, okay, you know what? When I was a kid, there was one state trooper in all of Vermont that apparently did not like me or patrolled really close to wherever I was. I gotcha. And he liked to write tickets. Oh, I understand. Actually, so the first time I ever got pulled over, the answer for me is yes. But the first time I got pulled over, I got out of a speeding ticket. Now, I was listening to a comedian, Gabriel Iglesias. You've heard him? <sighs> yes. He said, like, the best way to get out of a ticket is to make a cop laugh. <laughs> yes. And so did I... You have donuts? No, I, didn't have, I did not have donuts, but I had a get-out-of-jail-free card in my wallet that I put in there. And I, and, and I, I like, determined, if I ever get pulled over, I'm going to use this. And, well, time went on. I got pulled over at one point. And, um, and my, sister, my twin sister was in the car with me, and, uh, and I, I was pulling out my wallet to pull out my license, and I saw the get-out-of-jail-free card. And I pulled it out, and I showed it to her. I'm like, should I use this? And absolutely. she said, well, she said, absolutely not. <laughs> she was like, Cause, and that, like, I didn't realize the gravity of the situation. Like, I'm getting pulled over. This is like, you know, a cop's going to. It's a little serious. Yeah, it is a serious thing. But I'm standing there holding it, and I hear a knock on the window, and I wind it down, and I, I'm just standing there staring at him. with, the, And, like, it all hit me at that moment. But I forgot to put down the get-out-of-jail-free card. And he just looks down, and he looks at me, and he said, you want to use that? And I said, yes, sir. And, <laughs> and he said, just keep it. Slow down. And then he let me go. <laughs> it was, oh, like, the greatest awesome. experience of my life. Excellent. But I have gotten speeding tickets. Um, I've, I've only had two. 
Um, one of them, I was rocking out to Les Mis, and Les Miserables, it's a musical. It's not something you rock out to, but I was speeding and I got pulled over. The other time I was in Botswana, and uh, I got pulled over, and the, the cop like motioned me to come over to him, and as I, as I got my stuff and started walking over, he was just whizzing on the side of the road. It was definitely a different experience. Okay. And uh, I, I, I don't know why. I, did, I got a ticket in a foreign country. Yeah. Wow. Um, that was fun. Now, how anyway. Does that, how does that work over there in, in, uh, in Botswana? You, you um, know, I, I, in I had to like, I had to fill out a whole thing. I just had to pay him in cash. Um, but uh, I had to fill out a whole thing, like where I worked, what my job was. And he was like, oh, you're a pastor. Are you here to preach the word of God? And I was like, well, no. But I would like to. Yes, you know? I am. That was a really bad African accent. It was like, would you like to preach the word of God? That was better. Um, and I was like, well, no. But because I was a, a preacher, he actually knocked off the, the, the ticket for me, which was really nice. I wonder um, what would have happened if you got him saved. Oh, that does remind me, though. Uh, when I was in Washington, D.C. on uh, at Celebrate America with uh, the river, um, I got pulled over because I was driving a Penske truck in an area where you're not supposed to have commercial traffic. And I didn't know that. Uh, but anyway, um, so I got pulled over, and the officer wrote me a ticket. Um, and then right after that, I led him in the sinner's prayer and got him saved. So That's that awesome. was the best $25 I've ever spent. Awesome. Jan, Jan's listening from a car. <laughs> so, so, you know, we would encourage you to drive safe, drive slow. <laughs> and don't text and drive? Uh, yeah, that's also a good yeah. She might be in the passenger seat. Mm. But uh, Priscilla said she was going 19 miles an hour over the limit. Can, you, can anyone believe it? Oh, my goodness. Not from Priscilla. And not, <laughs> and not in that car. Barrett said not from Priscilla. Oh, and not from that car. <laughs> That's funny. She has the oh, smallest car. Like, <laughs> it's like one size bigger than a smart car. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, all right, what's next? Next question. question number two. Have you ever met a celebrity? I've got a great That's, story. Oh, you've got a great story. Absolutely. All right, put it in the comments. Have you ever met a celebrity, Kevin? Tell all us right. your story, because I'm really so, curious now. I did meet a celebrity. Um, it was, oh, goodness, back in the early 2000s. Um, do you remember the TV show Simon Simon or Major Dad? Anybody? No. Guys, I, I have no the idea. actor's name is Gerald McCraney. He played one of the brothers on Simon and Simon. He played the major on Major Dad. Okay. And anyway, he lived uh, in the Chattanooga area up on Chickamauga Lake. Mm -hmm. And I went to visit my wife up there. And uh, we went to a diner and had lunch. And there he was sitting over in the corner all by himself. So I did not walk up to meet him. But what I did do is when I went right. to the counter. Wait, can, can, I, can I say a timeout? For those of you who are just saying yes in the comments, <laughs> please clarify, who did you meet? Yes <laughs> to what? Because like, there's so much curiosity like, involved in that. Unless they're saying, do you remember the show? And they're saying, yes, I remember it, which actually is probably what they're talking about. But if you have met a celebrity, please share who it was. Now continue. Absolutely. So uh, when I went to pay for our lunch, I went ahead and picked up his tab, too, and paid his bill. And I, that, was, that was my meeting, Gerald McCraney. So. That's very sweet. Yay. Whoever that is. That sounds like it would be really cool. I can't. I'm sorry. I don't know. All right. If you were born in the last generation, you probably know who I'm talking about. Mm. You don't know either, Barrett? Oh, my right. word. Well, I'm sold. Pastor Nicole said, yes, Rachel and, I, Rachel and I met 
I don't even know what that is. Meadowlark Lemon. Oh, my oh. word. From the Harlem Globetrotters, yeah. Mm. Yeah, he passed away not too, not too long ago. Really? Yeah. That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. That guy was brilliant. He was masterful artist with a basketball. Oh, my oh. word. I mean, Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> the Harlem Globetrotters yeah. were definitely very, very nice. Yeah, and uh, he was he was like the lead of the Harlem Globetrotters. So oh, he like, was the lead. So he yeah. was the the, the cream. He the was the number one jokester. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like he was always the one in the center, and they they would mic him up. Okay. And he was gotcha. just he was funny. Yeah. Pr Priscilla said, Dan Dean from Phillips Craig and Dean, uh, Christian music. Thank you. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. that, um, he was her pastor in Texas. That's cool. I didn't know he was. Oh a no, pastor. kidding. That's pretty neat. Oh yeah, I knew that. Um, Actually, Johnny said, I met Penn and Sherman from American Pie. I know the show you're talking about. Um, Jan said, I've, I've met the Boomerang family. That's sweet. That's us. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I, did, have you ever brought that up on the broadcast? It, it like occurred to me like two weeks ago that um, um, we're technically televangelists because <laughs> wow. we're evangelizing on the Television. On the television, very yeah. cool, very cool. Anyway, uh, Marky said Chris walk, Chris Rock walked by me <laughs> in New York City. Um, I met J John Boy from the Waiters. Waltons. The Waltons. Yeah. Sorry, I can't read from this distance. Wow, she met a lot of people. Wow, that's pretty cool. Well done. Um, Baird said I've met Brother Jerry Savelle and Brother Jesse Duplantis. That's, Absolutely. That's. that's pretty sweet. Hey, I, do you know who Tony Danza is? I know the name. I, I, apparently, I just need to stop talking about, like, characters from the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> I don't know what that was. So, Tony Danza was, uh, help me out, he was on Taxi. Uh, who, was it, who's the boss? Yeah. Is anything else? Probably. Several other things. <laughs> anyway, my mother-in-law and father-in-law ate dinner with him at uh, at the airport one time. That's they just sweet. sat down, and there he was in the lounge. They sat down and ate dinner because both yeah. their flights were delayed. Yeah. And my mother-in-law knew immediately who it was mm. and uh, asked him, are you Tony Danza? And he, he would not say. He would not say, look up there. <laughs> That's Tony Danza. I recognized a little bit his face. Yeah, he, he, wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't confirm or deny. He just kind of smirked. Oh, okay. And, um, and my father-in-law looked at her and said, who in the heck is Tony Danza? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I actually heard a story um, of uh, there, there was someone that was eating just at a diner, and uh, Bill Murray walks up, takes yes. one of their fries, eats it, and says, no one will ever believe you, and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> that is excellent. Uh, that is awesome. Uh Anyway, we have an awesome broadcast for you today. We're going to be starting off with the accent challenge. Yes. But real quick, we're going to take about 30 seconds, and we want you to use that time to like the broadcast, share the broadcast, get it out there so that people can watch and experience God and have fun while doing it. Awesome. Uh, but we'll see you in about 30 seconds. Love you guys.
Well, hey everyone, welcome to Lunch Plus. We have an awesome broadcast for you today. For, but before we jump in, we want to tell you guys what's going on today. First, we have the Accent Challenge. The Accent Challenge. <laughs> After the Accent Challenge, we have a time of confessions, followed by Q&A, followed by What's the Word? Uh, it's going to be an awesome one, but first we're going to jump into the Accent Challenge. Dun, 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 dun. No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> but here's how the Accent Challenge works, all right? The, I, I don't know how excited I am about this or how unexcited I am about this. But we have, uh, because honestly, I'm not the best at accents. But last, last time, I think I did pretty decent. It really depends on the one you get. Absolutely. Um, but we have different accents in here. So, some of them are accents. Um, right. Some of them are just people, you know, right. or characters, characters you know, right, that right. we would have to impersonate. Right. And then here, we, we have tongue twisters this time, right? <laughs> Praise God. This is exciting. And we have tongue twisters written on, on, on a piece of paper. So what, here's what we're going to do. We're each going to draw a card randomly from the deck. Uh, I'll let you go first. Just grab, grab a card, any card. Pick a card, any card. All right. And then that's going to be the accent that we're going to have to do for this first round. And then we're going to have to read the first tongue twister that's on the... The, the paper. Paper, yeah. All right, cool. So, <laughs> uh, on the screen. Guys, put, put it in the comments. Um, if you're good at any accents, please yeah, put in the accent? comments what accents are you good at. Exactly. If you're good at any impersonations, put in the comments what, what impersonations are you good at. If you want us to try to do any, put in the comments. What? <laughs> <laughs> what we All might right. do it next time. Oh, okay. Right. So, Kevin, what, what did you pull? All right, so I've got... <laughs> Mickey? Mickey Mouse. Uh, Mickey Mouse. Oh, my word. I, I, yeah. um, Not Mickey Mantle or Mickey Mouse. <laughs> you, you know what, Mickey Mouse? Barry, you need to come up here and do that. Barry. Oh, my word. All right. Mickey Mouse. Um, that's going to be That's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be tough. All right. So he's just got a super I, I've got to get choice. it in my mind. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like part of me just wants to look up on YouTube. You know how... <laughs> How Mickey talks. Yeah, and see how close we get. Mouse tools. Mouse tools. All right, here we go. Are we ready? Anything super Let's high pitched. Let's do it. Oh, anything super high pitched. Hey, everybody. <laughs> okay, here we go. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. A peck of pickled peppers Peter Piper picked. If Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, where's the peck of pickled. Whoo! <laughs> <laughs> You're doing so Where's well. Where's the peck of pickled peppers that Peter Piper picked? You did so well. I struggled. <laughs> but you, you did it. Ah, I got Canadian. Was that the one you were praying for? Okay. I got a Canadian accident. Accident. Accent. All right. So, uh, so there's only a few... A few words in the Canadian accent that I can get very well, but I have been to Canada a couple of times. How is that? Is that good? <laughs> All right. Like it's still Russian. <laughs> like it's. Uh. Okay. All right. A boot. Oot. Get the boot. Oot. All right. I'm, I'm I love his warm-ups. Those are awesome. 
They, uh, tongue twisters make it even harder. All right, Canadian. Uh, say moose. I don't know how, how, how do the Canadians say moose? Moose? Moose. Moose. Ah, A. A. Moose, eh? Uh, Betty Botter. That's, that's, that's good. That's a kind of, that sounds more British. Oh, I like it. Betty Botter bought some <laughs> butter, but said she, the butter's bitter. <laughs> if I put it in my batter, it will make my batter bitter. But a bit of better butter will make my bitter batter better. <laughs> this is so difficult. Is that, is that Canadian? That is I, I, I don't think it. that's Canadian. Though. I don't that's care. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, A. <laughs> I got to add the A in there to, to really bring it up. So she bought some better butter, better than the bitter butter, but in her bitter batter made her bitter batter butter, bitter batter better. So it was better be Betty Butter bought some better butter. <laughs> How was that? That was excellent. Priscilla gave me a thumbs down. She no, said, sorry, buddy, Priscilla, but thumbs up. Good. She said, good effort. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that accent was. That was excellent. <laughs> oh, my word, is it my turn? <laughs> I tried my best. All right, pull out All right, another. Right, right, sorry, Here, you I'll, hold I'll, I'll pull one first. Pull, pull one for me? Is for there you? two there? Uh, yeah, sure, I'll take that one. <laughs> that was oh so my word! What'd you get? The priest from Princess Bride. Oh my word! Praise God. Okay. Oh, uh, this is so. This Let is me get it in my. So much fun. Nelly. Nelly Passion Nicole said it's like an Irishman imitating a, a Scotsman. <laughs> that's what I was going. I was think. I was sitting there thinking. Well, that sounded a little Irish. That was interesting. I, I tried. All right. I liked it. It was. It was awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. You ready? Uh -huh. Marriage. Here we go. Yolly Bolly <laughs> had a jolly golly woggy. <laughs> Feeling folly, Yolly Bolly, but his jolly. Gawi. Oh, wait. Uh, you you my, gotta do the L's. The Dawi. Right. The L's are, are yeah, W's. They're W's. Yowie, Bowie. <laughs> That's yes. better. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. Yowie, Bowie had a Jawi Gawi Wog. This is the perfect one. Feeling Fowie, Yowie, Bowie, Bog. His Jawi Gawi, a Dawi made of Howie. <laughs> the Gawi, feeling Jawi. Named the Howie Dowie Polly. So Yowie Bowie, Jolly Golly Wally Holly, Dolly Polly, also Jowie. Did any of you understand the thing that he just said? Because <laughs> that's the question. <laughs> oh. oh my word. That was, that was difficult, actually. Yeah. <laughs> what did I get? Ah, I got Sean Connery. Oh my word. This is going to be great. Mm. Sean Connery. Is that good? How's that? Is that pretty nice? Very nice. Very nice. Very nice indeed. All right. I have to prepare myself for these. I don't know what's that. Need to make it sound Scottish. 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 How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? He would chuck he wood as much as he could. And chuck as much wood as a woodchuck would if a woodchuck could chuck wood. <laughs> How's that? 
<laughs> I think that was pretty decent. I liked it. Very I'm nice. I'm glad I knew who Sean Connery was. Very nice. Hallelujah. This is great. Do cool. we have time for another? Yep, this we have time for one more. Let's all do right. it. Let me get one out of here. Um, all right. Oh. What is it with this accent? She loves this accent. <laughs> Boston. Boston. Okay. okay. What? I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Aaron said we can draw can again. What an honor. Oh, we've already uh, done that one too. That was Eeyore. All right, take that one. Then. Okay, I'll <laughs> take this one. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> Inconceivable. All right, this is kind of like this one's blank. What does that mean? Uh, it means I forgot. <laughs> it means I forgot. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I've ever heard this one before. <laughs> it's inconceivable. I, what was that? I already love this. Oh, Johnny said I didn't do too bad. I'm I thought really, he did pretty good. I'm right, pleased with that. right Thank Johnny? You. Yeah. All right, you ready? All right, yellow butter, uh, purple jelly, red jam, black, black bread, spread is thick. <laughs> Say it quick. Yellow butter, purple jelly, red jam, black bread, spread it thicker. Say it quicker. <laughs> Yellow butter, purple jelly, red jam, black bread. Don't eat with your mouthful. Okay, I've never heard that one. Before. <laughs> I've never heard that one either. All right, that was awful. Right, I got Italian. Yep. Check it. Is that one not fun enough? <laughs> Where's like I want a better one. Think a better one. Uh, Southern. Is that good enough? What, what's the one you wanted me to do? Is that one of them? Oh my word. Like it's a musical? That's actually a thing. That's not even an accent. I said it was a way of talking. A way of talking. Like you're in a musical. There it is. All right. I'm oh, glad no. you picked it out because. See, it depends. Now, which musical are we talking about? What's your favorite? Because if it's like. Phantom if it's like Les Miserables. I thought a thought, but the thought I thought. Wasn't the thought I thought I thought. That's working oh, very well. Wow, that's awesome. If the thought I thought I thought I thought hadn't been the thought I thought, I wouldn't have thought the thought I thought. How's that? Yes. Was that good? There, there's Les Mis. That was wonderful. Thank you. Brought me tears. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, everyone. Appreciate it. That was great. Well, that was the accent challenge. That uh, everything that just happened happened. <laughs> can't take it back. You can't take it back. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, Priscilla said, "Gotta take those thoughts captive, buddy." I, I understand. Barrett said, "This is our favorite segment." That was. Oh, a thank lot of fun. you. Uh, Patrick Nicole said, "Great job." Appreciate it. I, sh I should try out for that specific role in that specific musical. Oh, thank you, Priscilla. <laughs> Parents said I auditioned. Priscilla said audition she thinks I won by a hair. Oh, that's okay. I think that's a hair joke. Oh, good man. Okay. <laughs> by a gray hair. Oh, anyway. ouch. <laughs> no, all right. Well, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Johnny said you should do the Swedish chef. I don't know. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, now <laughs> there's like, amen. Amen. She loves this. All right. Well, now we're moving on to a time of confessions with Barrett. It's going to be powerful. So we'll see you over there. We love you guys. Thank you for joining us for Action Challenge. Now love it's time for confessions.
What Buddy doesn't know is he just auditioned for the worship team. What is up? No. <laughs> I am so excited about today because today is Friday. It's our last day of the week here for your Lunch Plus broadcast, which means that we've got a special, special word for you today, and it's going to start right now with confessions. As you know, we go over daily confessions here on the broadcast. Today we are on confession number six and seven. Join your faith with mine, and let's speak these things out because the Word of God says that the the word that we speak, it accomplishes what we send it to do. And a couple things come up, so I didn't, I didn't just want to speak flippantly, so I, I took a second to pause. You know, the word of God, it's powerful. It's a powerful thing. It's a tool that builds the kingdom. We are advancing the kingdom when we speak the words of God. So today, when we make these declarations, we're not just saying flippant things. We are speaking out the perfect will of God over your life, over my life, and we are building the kingdom in our lives. So today, let's take our words and put them to work and accomplish what they were sent to do. Confession number six. It says, join your voice with mine. We keep increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. We keep increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And then confession number seven, one of my favorites, the struggle is over. Hallelujah. Father, thank you that we don't have to struggle because Jesus has already defeated everything. All things are under his feet. So all things are under our feet. God, thank you that we don't struggle against anything. We are victors. Lord, I thank you that we just continue to increase in all things, in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and man. Lord, I thank you that people watching today, that they increase in favor with their bosses. They increase in favor with their spouses. They increase in favor with you. God, let us only increase. Let us not struggle. Let us be at ease and in rest. For your yoke is easy and your burden is light. We thank you, Father. We praise you, God. You are such a good God. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that was confessions. We are going to now hop over to... We're switching it up on you today. It's Friday Q&A, and Buddy's got an awesome question that we are going to tackle today. Stick around, because it's going to be so good. We'll hand it right over to Buddy. B-b-buddy? Hi. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> That chair was super difficult to get into for some reason. Well, welcome to Q&A. Uh, Q&A is one of the, the segments that we brought around because we really want to know where your heart is. Um, we want to be able to answer the questions that you have. And if there's a biblical answer to your questions, we want, we want to talk about it. Uh, you know, and as we ju jump into our Q&A uh, for today, it's important that you know, when we, when we have questions about God, when we have questions about the Bible, when we have questions about Christianity or anything like that, it's, it's important for us to ask those questions. 
uh, it's really important for us not to just keep it quiet or keep it silent or just be like, well, I'll figure it out eventually. No, it, it, it's important for our spiritual growth and maturity to begin to search things out, to begin to study the Word of God, because the Word of God is able to teach and equip and exhort and rebuke and correct. That's what the Word of God is here for. And so, you know, if you have any questions, feel free to put them in the comments. If you have any questions, send us a message. You know, we really, uh, we really want to be able to answer your questions. Um, and we want to watch you grow. I mean, we just, we just said this. We keep increasing in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man. And one of the greatest ways to increase in wisdom is to ask questions. To ask questions to the right people, you know, you can't always Google search, you know, your questions because you'll find a lot of interesting answers. Um, but the, the, the only source for our answers should be the Word of God and God Himself. And so as we address these questions, uh, we have a good question that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we, we, want, we really want to ask, what does the Bible have to say about this? And the question we're going to be answering today is, how does faith determine what God is able to do in my life? This is a question. How does my faith determine what God is able to do in my life? Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who, who think that God operates randomly. They don't think that their faith really has anything to do with what happens or their level of success and victory. But the reality is our faith is crucial. Our faith is key to, to seeing the, the works of God, the promises of God manifest in our lives. And, and the Bible says in 1 John 5, 4, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. It's our, our faith that allows us to overcome the world. This is what brings us into victory, our faith in God. Uh, Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So if we don't have faith, we're not able to put ourselves in a position where we are pleasing to God. It's, it's solely by faith that, that we are able to please God. Because those who come to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. But again, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, the Bible also says, so, so in, in all honesty, in all reality, any good thing that we can receive from God, we have to receive it by faith. Even our salvation, the Bible says we are saved by God's grace through faith. So, we, so faith is required for us to, be, to even be saved. We have to have faith on God. The Bible says, uh, if you believe in your heart that God raised him, Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord. Believe in your heart. That's faith. So faith is required to even be saved. We, we cannot access any of the blessings of God without faith. Again, f Hebrews eleven six tells us that, that faith, um, without faith, it's impossible to please him. See, in Deuteronomy Chapter 30, God gives us an, an option, verses 1 and 2. He says, I'm giving you a choice. Choose faith in me, you know, or choose death. You know, choose life in me or choose death. The, the, the choice has been placed before you. But in order for us to receive that, we need to be able to receive it by faith. Jesus said in Mark 11, 22 through 24, he said, and Jesus answered saying to them, have faith in God. If you've listened to Kenneth Copeland at all, you know, He'll say, he'll say, this is actually translated, have the God kind of faith. 
have the faith of God. Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen. What is that? That's faith. Faith is an assurance. Hear this. Uh, uh, the book of Hebrews, um, I believe it's Hebrews 11.1. 1. Uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The, the, the Amplified says it this way. It says, faith perceives as fact what's invisible uh, to, to the naked eye. That, that, that's what faith is. Faith is not just hoping that God's going to answer your prayers. Faith is not speaking to a mountain and hoping that it moves. Faith is an assurance that when I speak to that mountain, it's going to move. That's what faith is. So when he's saying, uh, he who believes, uh, but when Jesus says here, and does not doubt in his heart, see, this is also whenever you, you hear, uh, you know, you, that, that same story in the book of Matthew, Jesus says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, but a mustard seed size faith, people will take that and they'll think, well, that means if I have the littlest bit of faith and a whole world of doubt, that little bit of faith will move a mountain. That's not what it means. A little bit of faith untainted by doubt, untainted by unbelief, has the ability to knock a, a mountain off of its range. That's the, that's the ability that faith, that faith in its pure, raw form has. Uh, and so that's why Jesus said here, he has... He can say, say it and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Therefore, I say to you, all things which you pray and ask, believe you have received them, and they will be granted. What is he saying? He's saying, if you believe that you have received it, that's faith. That's what faith looks like. That's what faith does. I believe that I have received it. Jesus says, if you believe you have received it, it will be given to you. But the key word in that whole phrase, in that whole thing is if. If. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. To overcome the world, we need faith. And I want you to hear this. Um, Matthew 9, 27 to 29. Because the key word is that if. You know, it, without faith, without faith, we won't be able to access. The question is, how does my faith determine what God is able to do in my life? Matthew 9, 27 to 29 uh, helps us see this. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, Have mercy on us, son of David. And when he entered the house, the blind men came up to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. And then he touched their eyes saying, hear this. He touched their eyes saying, it shall be done according to your faith. According to your faith, it will be done to you. That's what Jesus said to these blind men. That's not the only time Jesus said this. According to your faith, it'll be done. The woman with the issue of blood, be, your faith has made you whole. What, her faith in what? Her faith in the healing power of Jesus. Her faith in who Jesus was. Christ the healer. She, the Bible says that she said in her heart, I know if I touch the hem of his garment, I shall, not might, not maybe, I shall be made whole. That's what faith looks like. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. So how does my faith determine what God is able to do in my life? James 1, 6 through 8 is the last scripture I'll give to you. James says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea and tossed by the wind. For let, let's not suppose, or let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. 
He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. See, James is saying here, without faith, we, we can't expect our prayers to be answered. You know, there's a lot of people who, 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 um, who they bring their prayers up to God. This was the, the question we asked last week is, how do I get answers to my prayers? And this was one of the things. You know, they approach their prayer kind of like as a birthday wish. You know, they're blowing out the candles and, you know, they're just saying, oh, I hope this happens. And that's what the, the, the same amount of faith that they put into their prayer. Uh, they, 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 uh, um, they, it's kind of like throwing a coin in the heavenly wishing well and just hoping, you know, I, I really hope this happens, but, you know, we'll see. You know, we cannot approach our prayer life saying, well, maybe God will answer, maybe he won't. No, the Bible is clear. All of his promises are in Jesus, yes, and in him, amen. So God already gave the answer, yes, but we have to attach our faith to it. So to answer the question, how does my faith determine what God is able to do in my life? Uh, without faith, see, faith is how we overcome the world. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be unto you. Our faith determines what we're able to receive from God and what we're not able to receive from God. See, uh, in, in my book, A Matter of Faith, I said this. Faith is the pathway that God will travel to bring his life-transforming power into your life. And if the devil can do anything to block up, to set up roadblocks, uh, it, to, to keep God from being able to act, work as much as he wants to in our lives, that roadblock is doubt. Doubt is the biggest roadblock that keeps God. It's not that God doesn't want to. You even see uh, when Jesus was in his hometown, uh, what did they say? Isn't this the carpenter's son? And they began to doubt him. And, when, and, and the Bible says Jesus could. It didn't say he, he didn't. It didn't say he, you know, he decided, you know what, I don't want to do it here. No, it says he could do no mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. Why? Because of their lack of faith. Uh, uh, it, it's a, faith has so much more to do than we realize. Um, Jesus was unable. What does that mean? Their unbelief blocked him off from being able to do what he was sent there to do. And what was he sent there to do? The Bible says in the book of Acts that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth to go around and doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. That's why Jesus was sent. That's why Jesus came. But their unbelief kept him. It barred him. It set up a wall so that he wasn't able to do it. Uh, just like in Isaiah 29, 1 and 2, when, when it says that God is not, sh hand, his hand's not short, that he cannot act, his ear's not closed, that he cannot hear. See, it's not that God cannot, it's not that God doesn't want to, but faith, hear this, hear this, faith is necessary. Uh, the Bible tells us faith is necessary to receive salvation. You know, uh, we are saved by grace through faith. Uh, everything that we receive from God has to be received by faith and by faith in His Word and what He has said. You know, there, uh, you read in the book of Acts, I believe it was, it was either Peter or Paul, they were preaching in, in a room, and, and he saw a crippled man, and the Bible says he saw that he had the faith to be saved. And because he saw that that man had the faith to be saved, he, he called out to him and said, young man, arise, stand up on your feet. And, and he stood up. But... So the, you got to ask, this is, this is fun. You know, you got to ask, what then was, was Peter or Paul preaching to give that man faith to be, to be healed? He had to have been preaching on healing. He had to have been preaching on how God is a healer in that moment. And, and because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, so how do we increase our faith? If, if you're saying, if I'm here telling you that you need faith, 
to be able to move your mountains. Faith is required, you know, so that God is able to move in your life. How do I increase my faith? Well, you look at what, what did Jesus do in his hometown when he could do no mighty miracles because of their unbelief. The next verse says he went about in a circuit teaching. So it's, it comes, faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. When you hear the word of God, when you hear the preaching of faith, that's how you can come to a place where now, now I can attach my faith to the promises of God and I'll see them manifest in my life. So, so how does faith determine what God is able to do in my life? We, we've said it. We've said it. According to your faith, it will be done unto you. So, so I, I hope this encourages you. you know, I hope this, this challenges you, you know, to, to grow and to develop in your faith uh, because faith is the pathway that God will traveled to bring his life-transforming power into your, into your life. David Young Cho says it this way, that God will do no mighty miracle in your life without first coming through your own personal faith. Faith is key. Faith is crucial. Uh, and that's why Jesus has addressed people's faith almost more than anything. You have little faith. Where's your faith? I haven't seen such great faith like this in all of Israel. You know, that Jesus addressed faith almost more than any other topic that he addressed. And so it's important for us to recognize that faith is, faith is important. If Jesus talked about it so much, we, we should talk about it. So I hope that that answered the question. I hope that encourages you today. Uh, I, guys, we love you. Now it's time for What's the Word? Baird has a powerful word for you guys today. God showed it to her this morning as she was praying. And I'm telling you, it's going to be powerful. Uh, so now we're going to give you 30 seconds. Please, if, if you haven't yet, like and share this broadcast. But we'll see you real soon. Uh, you got 30 seconds, and then we'll, and then Barrett will give you the word. Love you guys. Hey guys, welcome to What's the Word? I'm super excited to be here with you today. Awesome job with that answer, buddy. God is so good. And y'all, I just want to take a minute before we hop in and thank every single person who has put their hand to Lunch Plus over these last couple months. Thank you. Thank you. Whether you have come and you've been a cameraman, you've been on sound, you've been on the computer, whether you've given us ideas, brainstormed, if you've been on the segments, no matter what you've done, even if you've just prayed for us, Thank you for being a part of what God is doing. He's so good. And we just we are truly blessed to have you guys participating with us in what the Lord has called us to do. And so today I'm going to hop in and open up in prayer. Go ahead right now, comment. I want to know who's on and who's watching right now. So if you're on and watching, just put your hands up in the comments. And I'm going to pray and bless you. And then we're going to, we're going to dive in. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the word that is being preached. Thank you, Father, that it is not my words that these people will hear, but it is yours. Lord, thank you. Thank you for changing our lives today by your word. Lord, thank you. Thank you for strengthening us. Thank you for taking us to new levels. Lord, bless every viewer watching. Let their hearts be softened to the seed of the word. Let it be deeply rooted and planted inside of us. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Already, we're just going to hop right in. Today's message is called, It's Time to Take Hope. Hey, Kevin, Prilla, Johnny, Joni, 
Holly, I love all y'all. And if you are just now hopping on, go ahead, share the broadcast, and we're going to dive in. Today is called It's Time to Take Hope. And as Buddy said, the Lord just really started downloading it to me this morning during prayer. And I told y'all last week, <laughs> for whatever reason, the Lord for whatever reason, <laughs> speaks to me in sports often. I don't know why. It's clearly the fact that it is Jesus talking to me because I'm not a sports person on my own. So it's it's the Lord revealing things. Hey, pastor, I love you. Um, so this morning, what came up to me was a visual, again, of a football team and they were in the locker room. And if y'all have been on a sports team, I used to play basketball, I used to play softball, um, soccer. I also really like sports movies. So you see it a lot if you've ever watched a sports movie that oftentimes, you know, it's that third quarter, things look tough, and the team's going into the locker room feeling discouraged. And the coach comes in, and the coach speaks this message to the team. And all of a sudden, the words of the coach just cause them to come alive. You know, I, I think back to the 2016 World Series. My husband is a big Cubs fan. And so the fact that the Cubs made it to the World Series after 108 years of not making it to the World Series, it was a big deal. So we watched every game. And game number seven it looked like the Cleveland Indians were about to take it. Like, it, it genuinely did. And then the Lord brought a rainstorm, and it rained, and so they had to take this time where they paused. And if you, George has some documentaries about it. If you listen to the documentaries, when they went to that locker room, the team rallied. The team had this time where they came together, and they're like, we've come this far. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to quit. We're going to see this all the way through. Like they, they rallied themselves together. They went out onto that field and they won the World Series after 108 years of never winning. What this message is, is this is God rallying his people. You know, we have been in a time in this world where it's looked dark. You know, things have not looked good. You've got Christian people who say that they're Christians. They haven't been to church in months. You have pastors and leaders who have shut their doors and stopped crusading. You have Christians who are scared to even preach the good news because there's rioting everywhere. There's bigotry. There's all this stuff. There's divisiveness. It just, it looks bad. And when you open social media or you flip on the news, it just looks like people are so discouraged. And when I've looked at the body of Christ over the last few months, what I have seen is I've seen discouragement. I have seen people looking beat up. Christ's body has looked beat up. It's looked ragged. It's looked worn. And it's time to rally. It's time for the body to rally. It's time for Christ's body to remember what it's called to be. It's time to rally. It's time to take hope. You know, Pastor put up yesterday on Facebook, he shared this, um, this clip of a, pa of a pastor from California. Um, and I'm going to read it. Just I'm not, I'm not going to play the whole video, but the caption of it says, North Valley Baptist Church has been fined $52,750 in nine days for going to church. Y'all, 
It's not a question anymore. The church is being persecuted. The bride of Christ is being persecuted. It does not look in the natural realm good. It's looked dark. But y'all, we are the bride of Christ. We are his anointed. And it's time for the body to rise up and remember who they are. It's time to take hope. We have not just been sent into this world. We are called to occupy until Jesus comes. And think about this. You know, I've helped sat for pastors a few times, I wonder how pleased they would be with me if while I was house sitting, there was a robber that came in and stole their house. They came in and broke in. They stole their possessions. They just decided that the house was theirs and they were going to sit down and and the house was over. And when pastors come back, all of a sudden, I'm like, so I was here. I was occupying your house, but the thief came in and he took it. So I was technically here. I was watching what was happening, but I, I didn't do anything. I didn't fight. I, I, just, I just let it happen. That's what we've been doing. Body of Christ, that is what we have done over the last few months. The reason that darkness and greater darkness has been covering the earth is the fact that the church has not been the church. The church has gotten scared. The church has seen the enemy. It's seen the darkness. And instead of remembering that it's a lion with a holy roar inside of it, we've backed down thinking that we are just these meek little sheep that are going to get beat up. But what we've forgotten is that we're backed by the almighty God. And if God before us, who can be against us? No one and nothing. All things are under his feet. It's time to rally. We can, it is reprehensible that this church is being fined $52,750 because they've gone to church. That's reprehensible. That is evil. That is persecution. That's against our very bill of rights here in America. That's against everything that we stand for. It's reprehensible. And the reason it's happened is because people haven't fought back enough. But the time is now for the church of Christ to be who we're called to be. Church, it's time for us to be who we're called to be. It's time for us to occupy. It's time for us to occupy this world as we're called to occupy it. When Pastor Brian and Pastor Nicole go out of town, I don't just let the dishes pile up in the sink. I don't let anybody come over to the house. I guard that house. I protect that house. I keep that house. I clean the house. I look, I get the mail for the house. When I'm occupying it, I'm treating it as though it's my own. We have allowed the enemy to come in and steal what the Lord told us to occupy. That's what's happened because we've been in fear. But the word tells us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, it says, there's no fear in love. But perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. Guys, we've got to start getting perfected in love. We've got to start meditating not on what things look like, but on the truth of the word. The truth of the word is that God is for us. That's what's true. So guys, we're going to take some time. I'm going to read you some scriptures. It's time to rally. I'm not your coach. The Lord is the coach. But I have the opportunity right now to be his voice box. So we're going to read some scriptures. Deuteronomy 31.6. Put these in the comments and make these your scriptures. Go back to them today. Deuteronomy 31.6. It says, be strong and courageous. 
Do not be afraid or tremble at them, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He will not fail you or forsake you. That's the Lord. Be strong and courageous. Church, body of Christ, no matter what the darkness looks like, you are the very light of God. You are the city on a hill. What on earth could put out the lampstand that God has elevated on top of a mountain? You cannot be put out. You are strong. You're courageous. You're called to be these things. It's not an option. This doesn't say, well, maybe you'll be strong. No, it says be strong. Be courageous. This is who you're called to be. This is who we're called to be. No more will we see churches fined $52,000 or pastors going to jail for preaching the gospel. It's not like they're being inciting hatred or violence. They're preaching the fact that Jesus died for them. They're preaching hope. They're preaching light. And body of Christ, it's time that we protect our pastors. You know, Pastor Ryan put this up on Instagram a couple minutes ago, and or however long ago, I, I saw it a couple minutes ago. It's, um, it's from Gardner Spring, it's a quote, and it says, let the thought sink deep into the heart of every church that their minister will be such a minister as their prayers make him. How perilous is the condition of that minister whose heart is not encouraged, whose hands are not strengthened, and who is not upheld by the prayers of his people. It is at a fearful expense that ministers are ever allowed to enter the pulpit without being preceded, accompanied, and followed by the earnest prayers of the churches. It is no marvel that the pulpit is so powerless and ministers so often disheartened when there are so few to hold up their hands. When the churches cease to pray for ministers, ministers will no longer be a blessing to the churches. When's the last time we prayed for our pastors? When's the last time we, body of Christ, prayed for our evangelists? When's the last time we prayed for our prophets, our apostles, our teachers? We are called to pray for the leaders. A minister is only as good as the prayers that are being sent his way and the amount of time he has in the word. Why on earth would your pastor, like just think about it logically, why would your pastor stand up? I'm not saying he wouldn't or shouldn't, he should. But how much harder does it make it for your pastor, for your prophet, for your apostle, for your teacher, for your evangelist to be who they're called to be if we're not even in the doors? Get to church. Get to church on Sunday. Stop being at home. It is ridiculous. It is so beyond time. Stop it. Christ's body is not disunified with itself. If I stay at home instead of assembling, then that's like chopping off a hand of the body and saying, I don't need it. Get to church. Your pastor needs you. Your teacher needs you. Your apostle needs you. Your evangelist needs you. Your five-fold ministry gifts are gifts that are given to you, and they need you to accomplish what they're called to do. Get to church. Stop letting the darkness dictate what you do. Get to church. All of us need to be who we're called to be. And we are called to be strong and courageous. You know, we're never promised that we won't face persecution. The church faced persecution in the book of Acts. They faced great persecution. The church has been staying at home because we've been scared of what people are going to say about us on Facebook and Instagram. 
We've been scared about being harassed. We've been scared about, about whatever it's been. It's a bunch of fear and garbage, and it's time that it's over. Your church needs you in attendance and not online. If you have the option of going in person, go in person. If your church has not opened up yet, pray. Pray for your leaders. Pray for them. Pray for them to be strong and courageous. Pray for them to have the wisdom of God to know how to navigate this. Pray for the rulers over your government. Pray for your legislators. Pray for those people. Be the church that prays and acts and doesn't just get whipped. We have looked over the last few months, y'all, we've looked like a whipped church. We're not. We're not. We are the power of Jesus here on the earth. Because we have the Holy Spirit. Because when we speak, things happen. We're called to be strong and courageous. Think about this. You know, in Proverbs, uh, where was it? I had it a second ago. Um, in Proverbs, it says, I know where I'm going. Thank you. Proverbs 17, 22. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. The enemy knows that. He knows that. Over the last few months, he has tried to break the spirit of your leaders. He's tried to break the spirit of you, of your family. Why? Because he hates you. The enemy hates you. He wants you gone. The thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. He comes to discourage you. It doesn't, he doesn't even have to physically kill you because it says a broken spirit dries up the bones. A broken spirit. It's time to take hope. It's time to be strong. It's time to be courageous. It's time to be what we're called to be. It's time. It's so far past time, y'all. It's time. We've let this go on too long. We've let this go on way past its time. It's time for us to be the body of Christ. We're not waiting on an election. We're not waiting on some vaccine. We're not waiting for legislators to pass different things. We, all we need to do is rise up and pray the prayer of faith. We need to say the words of God. We need to be love in action. We need to win souls. We need to lead people to Christ. We've been silent too long, y'all. We've been silent too long. We've been whipped too long. That's, what, that's what's happened. We've been whipped. But not anymore. Maybe those first three quarters of this year. Y'all, we are coming into the last quarter of 2020. I didn't even think about that till right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're coming into the last quarter of 2020. These first three quarters, we may have been whipped. We may have had our tails handed to us. But y'all, it doesn't matter what came before. What matters is right now. When we leave here today, when we receive this word, when we go out into our city, into our town, into our field where the Lord has planted us, we are going to see a turn. We will see the hand of God on this last quarter of this year. The Lord is speaking and he says, it's 
rally time. It's time to rise up. It's time to awaken. It's time to take hope. It's time to be who the who the church who It's time to be who the Bible has called us to be. The church of power. The church of Christ. That's who we're going to be this last quarter of this year. We will be his hands. We will be his feet. We will rally. It's a rally cry. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, commanded you, be strong and courageous. You see a trend? (laughs) Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, whatever you do, the Lord is with you. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Church, be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Church, act like men. Stop acting like boys. We need to stop acting like children and we need to act like men. One of, you know, my husband is wonderful. He is such a wonderful man of God. And one of the things that I value the most about him is that he acts like a man. He is strong. He's resilient. He's committed. He is, in my head, when I think act like a man, I think of George. Someone who's ready to go into battle if necessary. Someone who doesn't fear. Act like men. Act like a soldier. You know, you can't be fearful and go and fight the fight in the war if you're afraid. If you focus on fear instead of focusing on mission, you die. If you pick up your gun and walk toward and think, I'm going to get shot, I'm going to get shot, I'm going to get shot, I'm going to, you're going to get shot. But if you walk forward and think of the mission that's before you of I'm freeing this country, I'm liberating these people, I'm protecting them from a dictator, I will be who I'm called to be and do what I'm called to do, I cannot fail. That's a totally different mentality. Kevin said it, a soldier follows orders. He's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about the orders. We've been ordered to occupy. We've been ordered to pray, kingdom come. Kingdom come. Kingdom come. Kingdom come in Jesus' name. You know, there's a song that I learned when I was little. You know, I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. And, you know, it's a cute little, like, song that you learn when you're little. But truly... We are in the army of the Lord. We are enlisted soldiers. It's not an option. We, the moment that we made Jesus our Lord and Savior, we became his army here on the earth. We became the people. We're not even waging war. We have nothing to fight. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities and spirits. It's not a physical fight that we're waging. It's a spiritual battle that we already have victory over. It's already been given to us. All we've got to do is walk it out. When God gives us an instruction, it's leading us to victory. One perpetual victory parade after another. When we march, when you hear the marching of soldiers, it enlists intimidation into the hearts of your enemies. You know, if you hear an army, Hundreds of thousands of people. If you hear just even a few hundred people, 
It strikes fear in your opponent, opponent. But you know what it does to you? You're walking in a victory parade. You're walking in a victory parade. You cannot be defeated. You are walking in celebration knowing that where you are sent, you will dominate. Where you are sent to go, you will dominate that place because the strongest spirit wins. And if you are sent of the Lord God, then you are being sent by the Spirit of God and nothing and no one can trump the Spirit of God. Where there, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. There's freedom from this darkness. There's freedom from this oppression. There's freedom from this evil. And it comes when we, as the army of God, do what we talked about last week, put on the armor of God, pick up the sword of the Spirit, understand the playbook that is being placed before us and rally. It's time, y'all. We've got the equipment. We've got the tools. We've got the supplies. We've got the backing from heaven. All we've got to do is go, go. Be the men and women of God that you're called to be. Rise up, rise up. Romans 13, 11. put that in the comments. Pastors use this verse a lot in the It's Time for an Awakening series. And it says, Know that knowing the time, that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now the salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. You know, the church has either been in fear or it's been asleep. We've either been scared or we've been sleeping. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. It's so far past time to wake up. We don't have the luxury of sleeping anymore. We don't have the luxury of not caring anymore. Truly, there's been, like, when I hear sleeping, what I hear is apathy. We don't have time as, a, as the body of Christ to be apathetic to what's happening in the world. You know, it's super easy for Christians to... I've heard it so many times, you know, that's their battle, that's their thing, like they can do, they can take care of that, I'm going to be over, we don't have time to compartmentalize what's happening in the world as somebody else's problem. We've got to wake up, we've got to be the hands and feet of Jesus, we've got to wake up. We don't have time to be apathetic. You read through the New Testament and it is so apparent that we are in the last moments of the last day before Jesus returns. He is coming. He's coming for a bride that's fearless. He's coming for a bride that's spotless. He's coming for a bride that has occupied his home. He's coming for his bride. Where will you be? Will you be occupying or sleeping? Will you be the one, one of the five virgins that had enough oil in her lampstand? Or, or will you be one of the five that fell asleep and then had to go back to get it and then couldn't be allowed in? Where are you going to be? Are you going to be sleeping or awake? Are you going to be in fear or fighting? Are you going to be his hands and feet? Or are you going to be scared and bury the talent that the Lord has given to you? I'm going to be awake, and I declare in the name of Jesus that every person watching this broadcast, they wake up to the reality of, of what's happening in this world. They see the part that they play in Jesus' mighty name. They are fearless. They are fearless. They are strong. They're courageous. Sonko <laughs> 
Landa kambakam bonda kesin de kesik 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 yatio shoko boko on the kayatia ka Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He's your light, y'all. He's your light. You know, I think about it when there's a blackout. What do you do? You find a light. And that light, you may not have seen it at first, but as soon as you turn it on, it lights up the room. We have not esteemed the light of God. We have not, in the past, esteemed who he is to us. But we can read this verse. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And we can know that when we go into this dark world after today's broadcast, when we go, we're carrying a light. We're holding it in our hands. It's in us. It's through us. We exude it. It comes out of us. When we smile, there's light that smiles. When we talk, there's light that comes. We're bringing light with us into this darkened world. So even though to everybody else they may see darkness, when we walk somewhere, we're carrying that light with us. We've got a heavenly spotlight that's shining on us wherever we go. And whether we're in a grocery store, if we're in a government building, if we're posting on Facebook, when we move at the leading of the Lord and do the things that God's told us to do, there's a heavenly spotlight that shines on us and we will never be encircled by darkness because all we can see is the light of God. It so encompasses us. That's who we are. Now, let's take that for a second because here's the thing. I think the body has been scared to be the only one. What happens if I go out and I have a heavenly spotlight shining on me? And I go out to the grocery store. And then Buddy goes out and he goes to the gas station that's right across the street from the grocery store. And the Lord's shining on him too. Well, all of a sudden, two lights, they can then encompass a very wide radius. What happens if then Kevin goes to the, goes to the door that's right beside where I am? All of a sudden, this light the area that God's able to shine on it, it expands. When we start moving as a body, as a unified, intentional body, the area that God can touch, it grows. We've got to be unified. We've got to be strong. We've got to be courageous. Verse 2, when evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. They stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. Y'all, the church has been persecuted. Yeah. Christians have been persecuted. True. We shall not fear. We shall be confident. We have the armor of God. It won't fail. There's no chinks in the armor. It works. It works. It will defend us from every fiery dart. It will protect us. The sword of the spirit is like a two-edged sword. It can't be destroyed. It's the strongest weapon in the world. That's why Jesus handed it to us. That's why we have it. So our armor can't fail. Our weapon can't fail. We're also kept by God. He can't fail. What can we fail at? Nothing. When we go as sent, commissioned army soldiers, we cannot fail. We can't. We will be protected. We will succeed. The light of God will be shined. 
This, uh, go read Psalm 27. Go read the entire thing of it. Because I read it this morning and it was so encouraging. And I'm going to flip over to the very, very last verse, the uh, last two verses. Psalm 27, verse 13 and verse 14. Read the whole thing though. Put that in the comments. Psalm 27, read the whole thing. But verse 13, it says, I would have despaired unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Be strong. And what can you be strong in? Believing that you're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Not in the sweet by and by. Not just when we get to heaven. We will see the goodness of God here on this earth. But we've got to rally. We've got to rise up. We can not wait for somebody else to do this for us. We can not hold back. We must be willing and obedient soldiers for God. We enlisted the moment we accepted Jesus as Savior. We don't have the luxury of telling him no. Talk to any man or woman who has served in the military. What happens if you tell your commanding officer no? That's not an option. It should never be an option with us, with our ultimate commanding officer. The Lord has given us a commandment. The Lord has told us, occupy until I come. The Lord has told us, pray this way on earth as it is in heaven. The Lord has told us, pray for your leaders. The Lord has told us that if my people would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I would hear from heaven. We've got to humble ourselves, guys. We've got to repent. We've got to humble ourselves. We've got to pray. We've got to be strong. We've got to be courageous. We have to be his hands and feet. Because Jesus has already done all that he's going to do. He came. He lived. He died. He took all of our sins, all of our shame, all of our struggles, everything. He took those on him so that we could live as he lived here on the earth. We've got to start living in such a way that represents Jesus and not represents the old man. And we will do it. I believe that I am speaking to a people who will rally. I'm not speaking to people who are scared to play the game. I'm speaking to people who have the heart of Jesus. I'm speaking to people who look like him. I'm speaking to people who sound like him. I'm speaking to people who are passionate for him. I'm speaking to people who will be his hands and feet. I'm speaking to people who are going to usher in the great awakening. The third great awakening, it's going to happen through your hands. It's going to happen through your actions. It's going to happen through your prayers. I'm speaking to the people that when we get to 
heaven, the angels are going to talk about the day that they saw us wake up and pray. They're going to be rejoicing when we get up there. Paul, we're going to hear it from Jesus. We're going to hear it from Paul. We're going to hear it from Peter. Well done. Good job. I, what a great job y'all did. I wish I could have been there, but I was cheering you on in the stadiums in heaven as I was looking down on the earth and I saw the book of Acts being finished. I was rejoicing. I was excited. I was praising God because the right men and women were alive on the earth in the time before Jesus came. And you are those men. You are those women. You will be his hands. You will be his feet. And you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living because you believe the word works when we work the word and we will work the word today. Jesus, awaken your people. Awaken your people. It's time to rally. It's time to rally. God, let there be a rally cry. Let there be a sound that emerges from your body today. Let there be a sound of faith. Let there be a sound of hope. Let it emerge from your body. Lord, let us be strong. I command every person in the name of Jesus, let hope rise up in Jesus' name. Let hope rise up in the name of Jesus. Agents assigned to steal, kill, and destroy in the name of Jesus. We rebuke you. We rebuke you. We loose the spirit of fear. We loose the spirit of boldness. We loose the spirit of power and might. Say this with me. Jesus, baptize me today fresh with the Holy Spirit. Baptize me in fire. Let me be engulfed with it. Burn out any impurities. Burn out any bit of darkness. And leave me refined, on fire, lit up, and ready to be sent. Lord, I will be your soldier. I will obey your orders. I will not fear. Put that in the comments. I will not fear. Make that yours today. Lord, right now we repent. If we've been in fear in any area, we repent. But in the name of Jesus, we declare and declare this out loud. I don't care where you are. Make your coworker jump with the, with the authority that you say this. I will not fear. I will not fear in Jesus' name. That's who you are, your love, your power, your hope, your light, your strength. That's who you are. That's who you are. Amen, Sarah. You are the power of God here on the earth. Lord, thank you for it. Bless the people that are watching. Let us rise up and be your people. Let us take hope. Let us take courage. Just like in Psalm 27, we take courage. We don't just leave courage available on the table. We take it. We take it. We take it off the table. We bring it into our lives. We take strength. We take courage. We take hope. We will act like men and not like scared sheep. You've given the earth, the authority of the earth you've given to the sons of men. Lord, we repent for not taking our authority seriously, 
for allowing darkness to encroach in while we've been the light and we've just hidden it. Lord, we repent, but no longer. No longer. I speak to America. No longer will there be darkness. I speak to Africa. No longer will there be darkness. I speak to the Philippines. No longer will there be darkness. I speak to Pakistan. No longer will there be darkness. There will be light for every nation, every country that is represented by a viewer today or whenever they watch this, Lord. I speak peace and light and hope into that nation, into their rulers, into the leaders, but into the people of that nation. Hope is spreading faster than a virus ever could. Hope is spreading faster than a virus ever could. Lord, let your fire of God spread from sea to shining sea. Let it spread like a wildfire. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all, I don't know about you, but I feel like I could go take on lions right now. Because the Lord works with his word. And all we've done today is talk about the word of God. This is found, I have more scriptures. That I, like, I, have, I have a lot. But y'all, he's good. And his plans are for hope. Pastor Brian says it. What, he just put it in the comments, what will happen when we rally and put on hope? What will this world look like when we rally and put on hope? What will your town look like when you rally and put on hope? What will this nation look like when churches rally and put on hope? I'm excited to see it, and I will see it because I believe that I will see the goodness of God in this land of the living. I will see it, and so will you. Guys, we thank you so much, and just like each and every single day, we like to give you an opportunity to sow, not out of compulsion, but out of love, out of obedience. He's so good. He supplies for his army. He supplies. You, you know... In the army, George, my husband George, he was a soldier for 20 years. The army provided food for him. It provided shelter for him. It provided finances for him. He lacked nothing. When he went overseas, it gave him exactly what he needed. He was funded. He had a place to live. He had food. He had clothes. He was taken care of. Because how on earth do you expect a soldier to be fully focused on the mission at hand if they're also preoccupied with how to make a living and how to earn food to put on the table. It's the same way with God. God has enlisted us. We are a part of his army. We're a part of who he is. It would be ridiculous for the army of the United States of America to take care of their soldiers, but not God. If we're focused on money instead of the mission then we won't be able to accomplish the mission. We'll be double-minded and unstable in all of our ways. But the Lord provides in abundance, Kevin said. In abundance, he provides for his soldiers. We can never outgive God, ever. The Lord provides what we have need of. You know, in this time, one of my favorite testimonies that we have seen here in Boomerang is during this time when there has been unemployment going throughout the nation, you know, people have lost their jobs, they've been, you know, and I was about to say 
<laughs> I was about to say layaway, but I'm like, that's not the word. <laughs> People have been laid off. You know, there have been deficits, like the people's Here in Boomerang, we didn't see it once. People were even, you know, people had to close down their businesses, but they never went into lack. They had everything they needed. They had surprise money being sent to them. We had so many testimonies of people saying that they just had surprise money in the mail. Why? Because here in Boomerang, we have a mission. We have a vision. And it's found in the body of Christ. Body of Christ, our focus needs to first be on knowing God, number one. Put that in the comments. Your number one focus needs to be knowing God. That's, that's it. That's the most important thing you can do is know God. But here's, here's our, our assignment that comes as an overflow of knowing God. The Great Commission, Mark 16. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. You know, God was not caught off guard with the coronavirus. He knew what would try to be spread here on the earth. The Great Commission didn't stop when the coronavirus hit the scene. That's just a nugget. Um, he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. This is what we're called to do. We're not called to focus on bringing home the bacon. We're not called to focus on being our source. We're called to serve the Lord. And as we serve the Lord, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to them. What things? Food, shelter, clothing, provision. A, a laborer is worthy of his wages. Don't muzzle the ox. You know, when the, when the ox is working, if you don't give him the opportunity to be provided for, he's going to run out of strength. The Lord says, do not muzzle the ox. God will never leave his laborers in a position where they're in lack unless they choose to stay there. And how do they choose to stay there? By not working the word. And what does the word tell us to do? To be sowers. To be sowers. When we sow, we are allowing God to bring that provision into our lives. His very name, Jehovah Jireh, means the Lord, my God who provides. His name is I'm a provider. That's his name. Let him provide for you today. As you sow, know that the Lord is providing for you. Know that he is bringing about provision. Know that he's bringing about the goodness of God in your life. When you sow, don't do it out of compulsion. Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what would you have me to give that would help, that would open up the windows of heaven over my life, that would give me vision for what I need to do to help bring in exactly what needs to be done. Lord, show me. Show me what I need to do so that you can do what you want to do. Holy Spirit, speak to your people today. Show them. Talk to them. Guide them. And one of the things that I've learned about giving, and then I'll, I'll wrap up and we'll be done. One of the things that I've learned is when you sow into a message, you're investing into that thing. 
when you sow, you're not just hearing it. It's like you're partnering with that word and it becomes yours in a different way. You know, this broadcast, it's free. Like you do not have to give. But one of the things that I've learned is when I sow into a word that has moved me, when I sow into a word that I can tell something was deposited inside of me, all of a sudden it's like it seals that word. It does like it it protects it, it guards it because I've invested myself, my livelihood. You know, your seed that you sow, it represents your livelihood. You're investing your livelihood into that seed, into the word that was preached. So if the Lord has moved in you today, if you have felt the leading of the Lord to give, then give. Don't be fearful. Hear from God. Be obedient. But then invest your seed in the word of God and watch how God blesses you. Lord, for every person who's given today, I've seen some that have given, Lord, bless them. Bless them abundantly. Provide for them. Be their provider. Be their provider, God. Be their provider. Show yourself strong on their behalf. Lord, let them never be in lack. But if you'll take care of the lilies of the valley and the birds of the air, if you'll clothe them and feed them, Lord, how much more will you do for your children? They're just animals and grass and, and flowers. We're your children. You desire to do so much more than that, exceedingly abundantly beyond. Father, we believe in your word. We believe in it. We put faith in it. We love you. We praise you. And we bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. God is so good. He's so good. And we just, we thank you. That's awesome. Praise God for every person watching who's sown. Thank you. Thank you for being obedient to the Holy Spirit. You can absolutely continue to do so here on Facebook. You can do hashtag donate followed by the dollar amount, or you can, on any streaming platform, you can go to givebc.org and do it all over there, whichever way works for you. But we love you. We're going to wrap up here today. I hope that this has been a blessing to you and that you are as charged up and ready to take the world for Christ as I am. Ah, he's so good. Thank you for being here with us. We've got another awesome week in store for you next week here on Lunch Plus. Brand new content each and every single weekday. If you know somebody who needs to be encouraged, tell them about Lunch Plus because it'll do that. He's so good and we love having fun with you. We'll see you back here on Monday 11.45 a.m. Have a great rest of your day and we will see you super soon.